is Red FM's News Extra, Cork's brand new daily news podcast. It's Friday. Good afternoon. I'm Lana O'Connor with Red FM's news podcast. The chief medical officer says a rapid rise in incidence of the disease means COVID-19 is circulating widely. 12,000 infections have been detected in the last week alone. It comes as 1,818 new cases of COVID-19 have been confirmed with 237 patients in hospital last night, including 52 in ICU. UCC professor and co-founder of ISAG, which advocates for zero COVID Jerry Colleen says the figures are worrying ahead of unvaccinated children returning to school. They're particularly worrisome because we're reopening schools soon and you know we're you know we have a high percentage of, of adults vaccinated but a very small proportion of children and no primary school children so that's a real concern and our kids have not been exposed to this kind of risk before or anything like it. Plans for a Christmas panto at the Everyman Theatre are continuing, despite the tough restrictions still being imposed on the arts sector. That's according to the artistic director of the Everyman, Sophie Motley, who's warned that the sector will die unless a roadmap for reopening is urgently agreed. The Everyman is a 650-seater theatre and is 94% dependent on box office sales. Shows such as the annual Christmas panto are very important to the financial well-being of the theatre, and as a result, plans are being drawn up for some form of Christmas event at the Everyman. Speaking to Red FM News, Sophie Motley believes the panto is a vital part of Christmas in Cork. Obviously, because we're getting so close to the line, we're not going to be able to have the, the panto that we would dream of or the, the typical everyman panto this year. But again, if we get that go-ahead and that green light from the doors, then that means that, that we can plan some sort of a panto-like Christmas show, which means that some families can connect with us. It's such a key part of, of Christmas in Cork, as you say, and we really want to be able to provide that for people. Catch up on Cork with our new daily news podcast, Red FM News Extra. Starting with Gaelic Games, excitement is building across the county for what is a huge weekend for Cork Hurling, with a chance to end a 16-year wait for the Liam McCarthy Cup. Kieran Kingston's side face reigning champions Limerick in Croke Park on Sunday, a first senior final since 2013. Cork captain Patrick Horgan told Red FM Sport he thinks they've improved since their first meeting with the Treaty County earlier this year. Yeah, I suppose we, we definitely have improved uh, game on game as we've played. Um, I suppose we were in with a shout early on in that, uh, that first game against them, but obviously they showed their class and um, pulled away from us around, around half-time so, and kept that gap then the whole way through. So we know what we're up against. Uh, like they're a savage team and um, obviously we'll have to be at our best to compete in any way. And, that's our aim. Like we want to, we want to give the best show we can of ourselves. For a huge two-hour preview podcast of Sunday's game, go to redfm.e/sport. In football, Cork City travelled to Stradbrook to face Cabin Teeley this evening. Stephen Beatty and Gerard Marcy could be in line to return to the squad after the pair missed out recently through injury. Kickoff is 7:45. Elsewhere in the First Division, Shelburne host Bray Wonders at Lone Town host Galway United and Treaty United take on Wexford. In the Premier Division, St. Patrick's Athletic take on Finn Harps and Belly Buffet from 8pm. Before that, at 7.45, Dundalk hosts Drogheda in the Louth Derby, while bottom side Longford Town go to Waterford. Finally, to the Premier League, Arsenal have signed Norwegian Martin Odegaard from Real Madrid on a permanent deal. The 22-year-old midfielder spent the second half of last season on loan at the North London Club. Get the Red FM News Extra podcast wherever you get your podcast or on redextra.ie.
Paper-wise this morning, uh, there was a story that made the nine o'clock there that actually is a story that also makes the, the echo. And you talk about the waste and the want in this country and the different government departments and their budgets and what they spend and what they don't spend and what they give back and robot trees and everything. And you have penny dinners then stocking up the pantries and stocking up the fridges of uh, creches and preschools for them so that they can then distribute to poverty-stricken families to help ensure that they don't go hungry. Food aid at creches, that's where we're at now. It's a grabbing headline and story, it really and truly is. I mean, this is another example of the incredible work that's done by Penny Dinners on Leaside, day in, day out, year in, year out, decade after decade, for hundreds of years. It's a front pager uh, where they talk with Katrina Toomey explaining that parents had previously opened up to them about their heartbreaking situations and they prompt, that prompted them then into stocking larders and fridges in some creches and preschools. And again, you know, you're talking about food and your indoor dining and your outdoor dining and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Michal Martin has said that indoor diners at some stage in the future, you know, won't need to produce a digital COVID cert once the vaccination programme has concluded. So at, that, at some stage, the cert will go and those that are vaccinated and those that are unvaccinated will be mixing indoors. So obviously that will happen. I mean, this is not going to be the way it is for the rest of time. Um, but there, there will be, he's saying in some of the other papers this morning, some ongoing restrictions, certainly across the rest of the year, he says, and maybe till spring. So that's probably what he's talking about, that certainly the rest of the year and possibly till spring we'll have COVID certs and masks indoors and what have you. But there's another aspect to coronavirus, of course, and so is people who are working from home. And there's a front page you're making the mail this morning that says that uh, you will have a legal right to work from home. They're now drawing up legislation which will give employees the legal right to stay at home, to work from home, um, and the, the Tarnishta has said that you will be, in law, be allowed to work remotely as long as the work gets done. Now, think of the headaches it's going to cause when the work isn't getting done from people who are working from home. How will you deal with that? How will the Employment Tribunals Commission deal with that when it becomes an issue in that regard? Uh, so it won't be a choice anymore, really. It will, well, it, it will be always a choice in the sense that many will want to go back. But if you don't want to, you'll be legally protected, as in not having to. But what are the expenses of it, of using your home or a hub? Um, uh, an overwhelming amount of people who are researched, 85%, believe that companies should pay for the equipment to be used in um, the hub arrangement, you know, this new blended work environment, because there can be a lot involved in this with regards to tech, wiring, cabling, tables, seating, screens, all sorts of things like that. And then you've got to look at the utility bill increases to whether the blended arrangement would help with regards to paying some of the bills working from home. I mean, also at a stretch, you could say, I'm at home, I'm eating more because I'm at home, maybe the employer should be divvying up some money when it comes to grocery bills, but that's probably taking it a step too far. Um, the mayor's squaring up on the border yesterday. Some great photographs in the Echo and the Examiner on that one today. And Owen English has a very funny article in the Examiner where he says that uh, they met up on the border. There was no serious injuries reported uh, after the border skirmish, but there was one heard complaining about an aching back and another mentioning a dodgy knee. But it was a great photo op, of course, and, uh, you know, they finally met face to face on the border yesterday, uh, the Lord Mayor's. I'll talk to the Cork Lord Mayor, Colin Kelher, a little later on this morning. Um, it was a friendly clash of the ash. Don't know how friendly it'll be on Sunday afternoon, but we'll have to wait and see. 
Get the Red FM News Extra podcast wherever you get your podcast or on redextra.ie.